0: Welcome to How Church Works. This endeavor is focused primarily on sharing conversation and discovering its purpose and function. While in each episode there will be a starting topic, our podcast will be off the reins from typical scripted content, warranting more intimate and creative discussion. Our desire is to find truth in love, and on our end, behind the mic, we believe that Yeshua, or Jesus of Nazareth, is the Messiah, and as a person, is the truth. As our own church, we aim to obey the scriptures, and we are given a duty to equip and build up followers of the way. We hope this will be an accessible platform for such a duty through our conversations. As we continue, you'll be able to perceive more into our lives as disciples of Christ. But we invite you in as a listener to meditate on these conversations and hopefully can continue them with others in your lives. Again, welcome. Sweet. Um. So for this next episode, um, with the limited time we have, just so you guys, anybody that's listening to us to this on the other end, um, we. I thought we could like warrant two hours to have a conversation and we're trying to keep things like looser, more fun, more free, just more engaging to talk about general questions. Um, anything, just pretty much anything is like open. Um, and one of those being with the time constraint we have, we have about like 45 minutes to an hour about, um, one of the categories that we want to put some of our conversation into, which is the image of God. And is that somebody so my niece. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> right
1: at the fine. start. Yeah, just go around if you need to go to the laundry room.
0: Um, maybe we could tell the house that when we do it. But yeah, I will. I mean, oh, great. All right. Like on the WhatsApp or something? Sure. But.
1: Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. If you, yeah it's okay. In the, future, in the future, we need to put a sign up, and then you can go around the back. So sorry.
0: That's so important for us sorry. to know, though. That's okay. Bro. Honestly, like, I don't want to edit this cool. stuff out.
1: <laughs> you guys are fine. Yeah. It's real life, and it's kind of cool.
0: It is. I mean, yeah. it's – some of this stuff, too, I'd like to keep it as loose as, like, okay. having people interact with, like, just our way of living. Like, if, yeah. just so anybody knows, like, that was Matthew, um, <laughs> seeing if we were doing the podcast. So, brothers yeah. brothers and sisters in love and unity and, um,
1: and can I like I want to I want to speak to uh I want to like disagree with you mm-hmm. for a second not like uh I, I just want to say that's not the, that's not the right verb disagree I, I yeah. just want to soften something you said it's okay we do have a time constraint our life is crazy and it's a practicality but I want to introduce like I want to see the time constraint as an opportunity for us because yeah. you're a really exemplary person I think out of any the you know the hundreds of people I've had the chance to really have conversation with you're a great you're exemplary and being satisfied with just asking questions yeah and so i would want to introduce because some of this is the meta concept of how do how do brothers and sisters converse how do they share words with each other and just a subset of that that i think is sorely lacking for so many people is the category of just like A conversation can just be questions. Yes. And so we could like today just kind of wet our appetite around the subject matter of the image of God just by like, we could actually use the time constraint as a a kind of benefit. Right. Let's just like, let's not try to resolve this thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. Let's demonstrate what it looks like to ask questions. I think you, you, I think you shine, uh, Clay, as an example of that, just being like, well, what about this and how, you know, basically getting on a Socratic train
0: yeah 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 i mean it could be a rabbit hole of i mean it's it's i find that though is like a temptation sometimes too to be like i should have answers and it's like no i can literally digging out from a person and gaining from them just with questions leads mm-hmm. to so much treasure about who they are and mm-hmm. like about that mm-hmm. and it honors people to like have Questions later at their feet. I don't know. It's just the only way to actually perceive to ask like
1: that's how I learned anything Just ask yeah. questions. Yeah, which is I mean you're a good example of it that fear of you know, we uh, I've got to have the answers that that mentality is a dangerous one because it's the same mentality behind the idea that um uh, Take for example the subject of technology mm-hmm. or operating systems, you know um, I've got to have the answer mm-hmm. Means if somebody's answer is better than yours you become obsolete Mm -hmm. We could turn that on its head, though, because one way to describe God is literally uh, by the title, The Answer. Mm -hmm. And and all of creation is in this posture or position of the questioner or a, a, a question. And so it's like... God, like a question becomes like I, I, this is about this is a, a more s- a specific subset. It's about Yeshua the Messiah, because he's you know the word became flesh, he incarnated. Is like like how many perfect men do you need? Another way to say that that question so that it kind of dovkas, maybe some Christians is how many Adams? How many Adams? You know Genesis one Adam, Adam and Eve. How many Adams does God need? And just one. You yeah. know how many perfect people does God need? Just one, and He already has Yeshua. We're screwed. So it's like this quest, this idea: of right. I have to have the answers. It's like, right. well, we're kind of we lost the race. Somebody already won the race. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is this way, isn't there? This way that, like, when you run in a race, once somebody's won the race, the race is kind of over. It's not over, you know. But in a way, we're like and it's that done. That brings up another topic yeah. of discussion, <laughs> Too It's like, what are the last days?
0: Then, what does he mean? Sure. Like, if he's already run the race, that's correct. Like, and what, what then are we doing? And what, like, waiting on him? But to tie in what you're saying, like, I was thinking, God, real when he's interacting. I mean, in Genesis, he's asking questions. The the yes. man with the answer mm-hmm. asks questions mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm his own image bearers that's correct he's the one with the image and how he that's correct i think like every interaction he has yeah with us today and also in scripture is so intentional about yeah. his aim for the other yep yeah. Yeah. you know because yeah. sometimes i'll read in genesis like the question you know who told you you were naked mm-hmm. i've I've, you know, I've, the David Suchet like NIV audio way he has that him asking that it's like who told you you were naked like this angry weird, angry <laughs> and it's like to me I'm like I don't it yeah. seems like the most heartbreaking thing that he could ask yes you know like yes. he's almost getting the last interaction he'll have with them mm-hmm. intimately before he has to yeah send them away to yes. preserve them yes
1: you know so it's that's one way to read it the last interaction another way to read it is. Again, it's like a a bandying back and forth, a volley in a game. Hit the balls back in their court. And based on how they answer will determine how future interaction will take place. Because another way to say that is Yah is so humble that his request for testimony puts the one question in the driver's seat for their own fate in a way. Mm -hmm. He's inclusive. He's humble. He doesn't just give dictums. Or declarative statements, mm-hmm. the the very act of how will we navigate the curse that I warned you about still includes an exchange and mm-hmm. conversation. You would think, at least me, if I was in control. Okay, you have gone beyond the bounds and trespassed. There's no more exchange. Right. You're done. Here's your, here's your fate. Your fate. Your fate. But even in the act of kind of M-E-T-I-N-G, meeting out, even in the act of meeting out, where we go from here, he still affords his image, the opportunity to kind of drive their future. And right. And he, he weighs their responses. It is interesting. He does not ask the, the Nechash anything. Yeah. He doesn't ask the serpent a, a damn thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Chavah says, "Oh, the serpent did it," he, he just it goes right into curse mode with the nechash. Right. Uh, and that could be because it could be because the nechash was holy, and the nechash is—that's I, I, a different subject altogether. But that—that—that that, that is a—he. My point is, he he includes people at the lowest point, at the point that humans would say, "Right, you've gone, you've transgressed. Now it's my job to unilaterally just." autocratically as a dictator just rule out your consequences or, or meet right. out your consequence doesn't do that. Yeah. Affords the ability to converse.
0: Yeah. Well now I'm seeing two, I'm actually really thankful because I'm seeing like two, like one conversation from two nodes initially, like wanting to talk about the image of God and now talking about what are questions and the use of questions, but sure. both of them yeah. coalesce. They do. You know? So it's like, I'm, just talking about that too. And, and like the ways in which we so many ju- like not, I don't mean not, hmm, I don't understand my own authority, like what it means to be an image bearer. Yeah. God demonstrates how to use that authority. Yeah. By how he humbles himself toward his image bearers with questions. And yeah. for me without testimony, I make judgments and yeah. it, those things do determine uh-huh. my future and others' future, Mm -hmm. as much as I want to say in small ways, there are pieces in time I have testimony of where I make accusations and I make judgments and I move in reality Mm -hmm. with those judgments without any testimony that pretty, I think, like 10 times out of 10 harms people and harms myself, Mm -hmm. you know, doesn't honor God, doesn't honor my neighbor, and I don't go with questions to establish that testimony. So it just shows, like, the power and the significance of asking questions as an image bearer.
1: Yeah. You know. yeah, the power and significance of it, the word significance, w- the significance of it speaks in part to, well, what is an image bearer in, in degrees? And that's a hard thing to define. Uh, we're not going to define it here today. But in part, it's an intended function of his imager to witness and read and duplicate a matter to him and take part in the judgment process to testify. Mm-hmm. Part of being an image bearer is the function of testifying being a witness, duplicating what you've seen and heard, and then taking that and being afforded the space to give a judgment. And then for God to take that judgment from you and incorporate it into his final judgment. Mm-hmm. This is divine mm-hmm. counsel language. This is the idea that, you know, God, we have a weird phrase in English, like a, a decision made by committee or a Frankenstein kind of decision. And, and we are alluding to bureaucracy or something like that. That's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about uh, God inviting other persons to judge. Yeah, uh, and it's a it's a powerful powerful thing. Now, th- 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 I I don't know why my brain is on something else and it's annoying me. Well, this is
0: interesting <laughs> though because it's we are we are in the middle of. The, I mean, think about our contributions on your contribution on Saturday about asking questions. Yes. like the whole process. So this yeah. is really cool. I, this I'm seeing the spirit putting things together. Literally starting at one end and having it. Yes, like I'm just thankful for that. Um, that's funny because I was listening to Exodus, I forget what chapter, but where it says don't curse God, it's a the beginning of 25. Or it's it's after the 10. It's talking about justice, I guess. It says don't um, curse God, but what it actually I guess translates like don't curse the elders, don't curse the judges. Yeah. Um, like I guess don't slander against them. I'm not too sure, but it was it's just funny because he does appoint. Um, witnesses to report back to him you know and it's it is it's hard though man it's hard when you really believe something's happening um and to surrender that judgment to yeshua and just literally only only gauge with questions you know mm-hmm. it, it
1: is it is okay you're talking specifically about the act of trying to establish a matter. There's what we talked about. You brought up my contribution on Saturday, and you're absolutely right. Uh, that's a more niche, mm-hmm. restricted situation. Mm-hmm. If we broaden the situation, you are first, you're partly right, saying, Gosh, it's difficult in this more restricted situation to do that. And absolutely is true because you're talking about, you use the word believe, and without definition, it's like, You've already assembled a judgment when you believe something. yeah. And so it's so hard to not try to put the pieces together. Uh-huh. Uh, there's almost a curiosity. It's like building a puzzle. So it's like imagine you saw the face of the puzzle. So you know the color scheme on certain mm-hmm. sections. And you're like, but this piece looks like it fits with that piece, even though the color scheme right. is wrong. Right. I'm going to try to put it together. And it is so tempting. It's difficult. But withholding judgment, I think, is part of being more like God. But I, I want to I touch on something with this, the idea of... Uh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. From the standpoint of Shofet, being the judge, okay, the one who gets to... What is Shofet? Shofet is judge, just judge. In Hebrew? Yeah, in Hebrew. The word for judge is the book of Judges, Shoftim. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes from the verb Shafat, he judged, or kind of he... Uh, it, it, a way to understand it semantically is you erect a thing, uh, which is which essentially causes the good to proliferate you set up or erect i think okay by impl- uh, more figuratively it means to speak a sentence okay and then even more figuratively figuratively metonymically it means the perks of the sentence or the peculiarity of it so for example mishpat is the thing that it's the result of judging a judgment so it can be a judgment judgment in general or it can be a right by extension so example it says when you go and you've cleared out your uh, your olive grove. Don't pass around a second time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't glean, because that is the poor's mishpat, the poor's judgment. A real way to translate it is the poor's right. It means the right that's been granted to God post-sentence. He's already given the sentence. He's already erected a thing. Okay. So, so the judge of all the earth, here's an interesting thing about questions. What is he doing by asking questions?
0: Mm-hmm was this going to your you said you're going to ask me a question before I ask this is me. the question bye okay. bye
1: bye by, uh sorry that was very circuitous oh, yeah. the, the uh what is the judge affording the other when they ask a question the opportunity to to stand rightly the opportunity to stand rightly that's right so for par- partly the judge's job is to establish I want to take it further because here's what I see with God is i'm I'm asking the question to say what happened in reality. No like to... no, it's more like okay, it's almost like i i'm I'm using a foil character thing in my mind, so I'll just give you the background image in my head. I, I can see a person who is in a position of leadership and authority. They get to dictate how things go. Mm-hmm. In Hebrew, we we could call that person a shofet, a judge. Mm-hmm. Okay, we would restrict the word "judge" in English to just legislative matters, but it's it's not that. Judge, king, shepherd are all synonyms. Also, prophet. Okay, so they're they're leaders. So, I imagine someone in a position of authority. If you are arrogant, questions are a threat, because you are c e d i n g. You're ceding away. Authority to the other person. This would be the difference between a Discussion and a sermon there's no authority You're gonna give to the people of the body of Christ when you give a sermon
0: Okay, you just have
1: full control you have the, the platform imagine like I keep the platform right when you ask a question That's not rhetorical and that's a genuine question. You're inviting them to take part and give That's threatening if you're arrogant. You don't do that when you're arrogant you avoid asking people questions uh, and and if you do, they're either rhetorical questions, or they're limited and restricted to be yes or no. Um, they're
0: assuming if, an answer. Yeah,
1: you would never ask an open-ended question, right, to someone if you're tr- really arrogant about how and and and, and, and contr- you know fearful, uh, controlling, uh-huh. when a dictator, whatever. But it, to me, it reveals God's humility when He asks questions. Uh, he demonstrates He is not fearful of the speech or testimony of others being incorporated into his final judgment. He's invitational. He is humble. Uh, he's very gracious in that way. I think graciousness is one of the best ways to define that in his trait. What, what aspect of yahweh as love taking on a shape that's needed uh, define, would, would touch that? this character trait or this feature of God in the mode of judgment? I think it's graciousness yeah he's so inclusive he leaves his high position meets people where they are and just freely gives them gifts without strings attached and gives them access that they they, they wouldn't have otherwise and shares like incorporates their testimony into his doings and final choices
0: right it's just his humility man that's just like (laughs) that's it's too like i don't understand it it's, it's something I can't, maybe that's just, I was just thinking that could be another topic of discussion is God's humility.
1: It um, is. It, it's, a, I mean, that's a, it's like a world in and of itself. I would say this, a short tweet version of it is, is there's no point in calling, there's no point in trying to, uh, when we talk about Yahweh's traits of the Yahweh formula, God is, he is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness. There's no point in adding humility to it because you can't do any of those five things without humility. That's just a given right <laughs> like he is all of them require humility yeah abasing himself putting himself low um and you just can't do you can't without humility they're also it's so essential it's so necessary so the, the short right. answer is it's just man he's humble and that's like a that's like a base modus operandum for him is utter humility um mm-hmm. and I had a well this is a kind of a separate thing this is like a niche thing cuz I it's related to what is the image of God and I don't I don't know that I need to it was just a verse and I have it in my head that, that um was bothering me but it would totally change the the direction of our conversation. What do you I mean what are you thinking right now? I think you... I think share it,
0: man. I yeah. think it's and I, I don't I mean yeah, I think it's
1: I think it should just be open. Yeah. It's fine. Uh this is going to be a it's going to, it might just sound like gobbledygook. Um, but when we're, it touches that earlier question, what is the image of God? And mm-hmm. we're talking about part of it We use language, like, well, part of it is this function of judging or testifying or what, you know, being included in that, uh, what is the image of God though? And, uh, uh I'm just touching a cultural point, whether people know it or not because of, their paradigm, the zeitgeist, essentially. like There's just so much about paradigms that are unanalyzed because it would waste a lot of... Mostly, Mm -hmm. it's not very expedient to constantly analyze your paradigm. Um, And in Eden, it would be really great. Culture would be so beautiful in Eden because it would come from trustworthy people and then we could use all the margin that's gained by having certain kind of built-in modes of being and then we could just have all that extra margin without having it. That'd be beautiful. But in the fall, in the Galut, in the exile, uh, culture is just toxic and it, it really, our paradigms are so broken and confused. Um, there is this thing when people try to describe the image of God as Westerners really struggle and it's because they don't know it, but they're typically bound in some kind of material ontology. Meaning when they ask the question, who am I? What am I? Um, the answer to that question is, what material are you? Yeah. What are you made of? Okay. Some kind of typically some kind of reductionism.
0: And where, where does that, what material are you? Where does that fall into? Like, could that, well, could that fall into like, what do I do?
1: Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It touches the image of God because the question is, what is the image of God? It, it creates a lot of problems. So for example, I have a daughter with down syndrome mm-hmm. In the sixties, there was a very famous Catholic priest who was supposedly for human rights that also argued for eugenics and said, we need to be kind to them, but they're not human. They're not human because he defined the material he defined the image of god from a a reductionistic physicalist standpoint and they have an extra chromosome they're not human um and this is horrific you know but Mm -hmm. it was he was very influential i can't remember the the dude's name um and i have a daughter with down syndrome you know so a question arises which is well is the image of god to be found in our capacity so for example one of the problems we have facing this issue is, is how do i have the image of god but a gorilla doesn't right okay or or a chimpanzee this becomes really problematic for a lot of people Um, and people will try to identify the image of God in some kind of capacity well I can make uh, more complicated judgments therefore I'm image of God well people with Down syndrome can't what about people with acephaly I don't know the name of it people born without a brain what about people uh, who are uh, who can't speak and who are paralyzed but they can think you know trapped in themselves Mm mm-hmm um, when you make the image of God about a capacity connected to what you are made out of, you're operating in a kind of material ontology typically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and where does that, uh, where does that fall short? You believe in, spectra. I believe in. Yeah. So, so I differentiate and I'm still trying to uncover this and discover it, but I would say pretty confidently, I believe in a functional ontology. I'm not a material ontologist. So, so I don't believe in a material ontology meaning when i ask the question what is a, a thing's existence how do i understand a thing's existence which is ontology on, ontology on mm-hmm. okay i i want to say what is a thing's function all right <clears throat> and this speaks to multiple dimensions function can be don't hear what i'm not saying it could be on it could be whittled down or narrowed to utility that's not what i'm talking about right
0: are these material ontology and functional ontology are you in your mind Before you go down with what you mean by that, do you, are they like, they are exclusive, but Uh do you think one is like, like there's no, there's no ontology, there's no ontology in the material?
1: There's no, no, no. Yeah. They're at odds. So the way I'm defining them, they're at odds. Maybe someone could come along who's much smarter than me and and harmonize them. Compared to the Western typical way of thinking. That's right. Yeah. And I see this at work in trying to recover the worldview or paradigm of the Torah you're going to run into the problem that if you assume material ontology, you run into enormous problems. They're irreconcilable right at the outset. And I don't just mean a little bit. You can go to Genesis and a material ontology, its roots, mm-hmm. it, it, its philosophical roots see the material as uh, a prison on the far end negative or just benign, not good or bad on the low end, but typically bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we need to escape it. This kind of you can't reconcile that with Elohim looks at creation and says it is good. Material creation, it is good. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> they can't, so, so you have these you have these kind of a priori assumptions that are very foundational and fundamental, mm-hmm. and they're already at odds with each other. And an example for me is um, I like this. This is a kind of uh, exegesis, but if we look at um, Leviticus, 20, Leviticus chapter 21.
0: Just so I can reiterate what I learned last podcast, exegesis uh-huh. is taking something out of the text. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm just, I want I like, to practice. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I, I think when we're talking about the image of God and we're talking about a functional ontology, in a way, it is the invitation to be a child of God mm. and to be named by him. Mm. I actually think the image is conferred in part by a name, by being named. And not only that, uh, a one shorthand way, I think the Hebrew refers to the image as a priest. Um, and, and so I just want to touch on uh, a command for from the priesthood in Leviticus chapter 21, verse 21 and verse 22. So um, I'm going to look at the Hebrew. Uh, so we're looking at verse 21. So in any person, in any man in which there is in him a defect, misera, uh, his descendant, uh, the, a descendant has a Aaron, uh, a descendant of Aaron, which would mean uh, so you have the twelve tribes, the tribe of Levi, the subset of that, are the, the sons of Aaron, which are the priests. Mm. So if a pre, what if a child is born with a defect? Okay, lo le et so he's not allowed to approach. In order to bring near um, offerings made by fire, so he's excluded, and and that would say, well, then he's just not a priest functionally. Do you understand? And this would be if if we stopped there, you could see how this Catholic priest—totally different word, sorry for the noun priest. Catholic priest is nothing right. like a Torah priest, right. uh, but uh, a Cohen, a, a son of our own. The the next verse says, "Mumbo his, his um his defect is in him. At lechem elohav, the food of his God, or the bread of his God, lo He's not allowed to present it or draw near. To and it, this is a totally separate issue, but to feed God, to give God his food. Okay, then that would be like well, maybe that's like what the Catholic priest said. This person is excluded now. They have some kind of defect in them. What's interesting is this the next verse, which says lechem um, elohav mikdash ha kadoshim umin ha. Kadashim, okay. So, however, the food of his God, even of the most holy food, and from the holy food, Yochel, um, he's allowed to eat. There, so, so non-priests are not allowed to touch the most holy food, much less consume it and eat it. And yet this human in the line of Aaron with a defect, he can't present it, but he still has every right and access to eat it. Hmm. And and this speaks to something else than a material. To me, it would say he's not excluded because of material. He has some of his function, his functionality, we could say, is somehow diminished. But this word of role and these are very imprecise terms. Forgive me, and I want I want conversation to help me firm it up. So by any, by all means, people who hear this are like, dude, this is just gobbledygook, and you're contradicting. Please tell me that I want to think clear. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, it it's to say. Well, what do we do with these people with Down syndrome? What do we do with these people without brains? What do we do with these people who are vegetables? They have a diminished function that directly correlates to a defect, which the word is negative, which correlates to the exile, Mm -hmm. the brokenness. And yet, their right of passage, their right of access, is in no way, shape, or form diminished in terms of what they receive. They may be excluded from having to function to give, which, in a way, you would argue, you could argue, this is not, we see this as a negative, and it is a negative. They can't draw near to Yah. But another way to read that is God's so humble. He protects Him. them. They can't perform that function. But even though they can't perform that function, they still have every right of access to it. And so, there's this, this in a way, he's saying these people, another way to read that is you can't force somebody who's who has the? Uh, this would be a bizarre way to read it, but imagine somebody who is physically the, unable to move or something with a shriveled arm or uh-huh. things like this are uh-huh. described. Imagine such a person being forced to. Whoop, sorry, dude, it's your turn. And the priesthood, lots been cast. You got to figure out a way to tie down that uh, bull for a burnt offering. Good mm-hmm. luck. Um, uh, there, that's an extreme example, but it demonstrates this: like there's some work that they're unfit for, but the privileges are result of that work. They have access to fully. And and so it's somehow they maintain the image of being a son of Aaron.
0: Amen. Yeah. So kind of what you're, I'm thinking now about Yeshua being (laughs) how it's better. I don't know if this correlates at all, but him saying, what is easier to say, pick up your mat and get up or you're forgiven. Uh But so that, you know, the son of man has all authority, get up. Like, is he then giving him? the ability like where what you just said where it's like hey man sorry you're on the line looks like you got to pick up the bull yeah and and give the offering Uh like uh is yeshua now with that saying i'm giving you now the capability Mm -hmm. to come
1: do this with me yep like what you are now receiving bingo is i'm making you fit for service another way to say that is i'm removing your defect yeah, yeah. A, 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 a powerful thing for me. One thing I pray this all the time when people get sick. I love this. It's a little snippet from the gospel. A lot of people just imagine when they imagine the apostles, they imagine them as like forty-five year old men. Maybe if they're exposed by Catholicism, they imagine them as like they're not married, they're eunuchs, or something like. They're just, right. They're like uh, the best explanation from how they died, how rabbis are selected, Yeshua entering at thirty, uh, some of their decisions, in how long they lived. Uh, they are late teens to early twenties. They're already married. Mm -hmm. So the first pope, if you're a Catholic, right? I don't believe, I think it's, I'm not trying to be a butt, but your first pope was married because Mm -hmm. he had a mother-in-law and a house. And one of uh, of the coolest miracles to me, recorded in Yeshua's uh, ministry, his earthly ministries, he goes to Kephas, to to, to Simon Peter's house and his mother-in-law is sick and Yeshua um, speaks over her and the sickness leaves her and immediately she gets up and waits on him. Uh, yeah and and so there's the that's so deep to me for it's so pregnant with interpretation and hope and and as a shadow and as a it's so parabolic because it's like the heart's longing has been i just want to serve god i want to be near god i want to like that's what i was created to do right and he's like i've made you fit for service and she immediately gets up and waits on him Mm -hmm. you know Mm that we i think sometimes we imagine oh we get healed now we can go to disney world and um <laughs> like yeah i can do whatever the hell i want right. to do but he 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 heals us do you believe so, really that as each
0: one that we call so i want to i want to bring these these different things back because we're talking about functional ontology mm-hmm. in correlation to that being image bearing mm-hmm. um and
1: thinking about like i lost it oh, ah that's okay it. bro um if it doesn't come back, it was evil. I'm scared. <laughs> well, that's, that's to say, <laughs> to say, like, do we,
0: that deep longing that we have, if we all, if we, image bearers, that yeah. deep longing that we have, what you're saying, like, to uh. connect with God, do you think that that is a, that is a component of being an image bearer? Though we mask it, though we're being led right. astray by, yeah. by by deceitful desires and the age, yeah. um, that's a deep longing that yes. all of us yes. have.
1: That just gets hardened or like, absolutely yes. Yeah. And and the funny thing is as well, um, avdim servants, the 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 priests are servants or evid. Their title is they're a servant of mm-hmm. the house, a house servant of mm-hmm. Yahweh's house. Um, lest you think of that as a kind of demotion, it's a huge promotion because the house is seen as the control room for reality. So when we're saying we long to serve God. Another way to describe those, what service are we called into? Lick his boots. We're actually called into the service of co orchestrating and ruling realia, reality, the cosmos. And so there's this deep longing in us to be co rulers, co rulers with mm-hmm. God. And when we're restricted, we're not able to step into that, you know? And uh, but, but the Messiah, Mashiach, would speak to people. I'm going to remove your moon, your defect. I take it. I'm, I'm cleansing you. I'm going to remove this defect in the shadow of your members, so that you can step into the shadow and temple. the The, the, the interesting thing is, is the moon, the defect uh, that is in us post Adam is not in. The, it's not to be located in the flesh or in the members. It's to be located within in the heart. Yes, okay. And so uh there's this way in which like all, even the most perfectly pure son of Aaron, who never touched a defiled body, never touched defilement, never always ate kosher, like even such a one, his defect is inside him deeper, which is why the New covenant, Rita chadasha, it's addressing that the inner man. Mm-hmm. it's addressing that inner man is to remove that defect, fully join with God. Mm -hmm. But a co-rule with God, so the service we're called to is
0: co-rulership. And I wondered too, because of that deep longing, Mm -hmm. is that if that's something we all intimately know, because of this shows maybe just like how seriously taking coveting is, because it is an attachment, even to say like, either I'm co. Either I'm taking a hold of the power and the responsibility and the authority to co-create and, and co-author reality with God. Yes. Or yeah. life is just a fleeting, passing shadow and a pleasure ride. And I'll choose that too because it's just what I am. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Like it's literally that that weight out of being like, all I am is shadow and dust anyway. So yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah, enjoy yeah. the ride until it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. Okay. And then shirking off the responsibility because it, I think either way, if you're talking yeah. about God, you're talking about yeah. what actually is mm-hmm. you're talking about anything that will be named that okay. will be yeah so it's like are you going to choose the shadow or are you going to choose like are you going to choose the smoke and mirrors or are you just going to choose the mist that's fleeting here yeah here today gone tomorrow yeah or are you going to choose taking your mantle taking your yeah. authority taking your responsibility you know yeah. with every choice that you have right now
1: can i, can I touch that dilemma yeah because you created the dilemma and the dilemma or you articulated a dilemma which is essentially like Rise up and step into being a co-ruler or eat, eat Drink because tomorrow you die this kind of vanity mm-hmm. approach. Okay, what if and this is a problem? I understand that dilemma and I think it's a useful dilemma to try to mm-hmm. think through what situation people are facing as a philosophy of life mm-hmm. but what's unfortunate about it is is there's there's all kinds of There's a buffet of options in between and one of them. I think unfortunately is Christendom they have the idea of a cross between because God won't share rulership, in Catholicism, for example, that one of the you'll see a shift in the titles of Yeshua, as the I call it the gentilification. Hopefully, that term uh-huh. catches on for people. But gentilification. Gentilification. It's a term I made up that means uh, uh, Shaul pro- Paul the apostle prophesied this in Romans 11 that the, the Gentiles are going to come in their full measure, like they're going to kind of trample in, and that's related to one of the meanings of Abraham's name. Mauna, uh, 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 the Ammon, I think it's the word, but it's the idea of the trampling in Gentiles. Another word for Gentiles. Okay, they're wild olive shoots. They're not as cultivated. Okay, and they're gonna their numbers numbers will reach their full and they'll come in. Well, as is, is the 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 way the followers of Mashiach, uh as those in the new covenant becomes to as it starts to become more and more gentilified, you'll see a preference shift in titles, and then I don't know what to call it. Let's say if they're still in the Messiah, they're barely in. But then there's also going to be people who are not in the Messiah. Uh, and this is proto-Catholicism. They start to prefer calling... They, they, the, the, name, the title Son of Man drops out of usage because there's almost no meaning for Gentiles, really. Mm-hmm. They start to prefer different terms. One of them is Pantocrater, the all-ruler. All-ruler? all, ruler. all, uh, ruler? all ruler <laughs> to, talk about <laughs> to talk about Yeshua and and um, and this is really important for the Catholics and or at least proto-Catholicism to emerge uh, this they have an idea where well we're not exactly eat drink be marry for tomorrow we die it's just we're somewhere in between this life means nothing because material creation is corrupt and messed up. And when we think of everything being fixed, we're kind of gonna to escape to this place called heaven is eventually where it evolves. And also God's not gonna share his authority with us because he's a divine autocrat. Um and th- I mean, these are weird. the so so like. It, and it doesn't even-
0: it doesn't seem like they would come up with this maliciously to be like yeah, this is a scheme so we can control oh, sure. it, but you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, the question of how did these things develop is a radically different question from did they. They did this did develop. And so what I'm just demonstrating is your dilemma is actually way more convoluted for people who are Christians. Um they have there. that isn't Christians would say, well most Christians experience would say, well I don't have I don't choose any of those two nodes stepping into the this co-ruling reality and Eat, drink, and be married. There's got to, for them. theirs is a really murky gradient in between, uh, and a lot of times people don't know where they get their ideas from. But to be honest, um, humans are r- really great mimickers. You know, um, there are a lot of there are a lot of kind of reductionistic philosophers and atheistic you know thinkers, evolutionary biologists, people you know, Dennett, uh, uh, Dawkins, people who would they would really. Um, They would say they would they would place a lot of importance on a word like a meme. This idea of things repeating and we're spreading essentially spread ideology or ideation like a virus, Um, and that would be their understanding of what we call culture, and the the idea that we actually think and choose thoughts is illusory. We just get infected with thoughts and spread them and permutate them. Um, I think there is actually merit to some of what they're saying. The problem, I think the problem they face is, okay, so this could be observable, this kind of phenomena could be observable, but to reduce the option to this is the only thing that's happening, is like, I don't see that as merited, uh, because it would seem absolutely possible for people to deviate from that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But generally, yeah, I would say that there, there are a lot of ways that people just unthinkingly permutate ideas then they, they get spread mm-hmm. uh, and again the way to avoid that is going to be assessing your foundations or your roots looking back to the right. building elements and essentially right. like it'd be like a math problem like oh shit like I know that Yeshua is saying that my result is wrong on this division problem so like I got I can't I know the the, the long division answer I gave the quotient is like step seven so I got to go back and look at step two three somewhere I screwed up right know? and uh, it, it becomes it's like doing a math problem It becomes essential to say well where what are my what are my assumptions at the beginning of this and how am i coming to these conclusions and what is my worldview you know it's that that, that joke the fish joke i always tell which i'm not going to tell right now at some point they'll tell <laughs> yeah me. um but yeah
0: yeah i i think too like you <laughs> just thinking about like at least initially before i came to christ before i came to jesus um like just over two years ago, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of thoughts about what I thought this church was, what I thought Mm -hmm. Arrow Arrow, what I thought this house church thing was. Sure. I thought it, you know, without testimony and without any, without the Holy Spirit, I'm making a lot of judgments. So it's like a, you know, it's just a bunch of people wanting to just section off and do their own thing. And, you know, I I just started hearing about it through my brother, Tom, and then through Willem because Tom would come. Sure. Um, And... It just seemed like it was, there was only, it was just trying to be, I didn't really understand. I didn't really know the, the churchness of it. I didn't really have any like tie to a church to understand mm-hmm. like what this was. But it Okay. just thinking about like talking about an image bearer, like I believe like ultimately we should be asking God, who he says an image bearer is sure and yeah when you go into christendom when you go into the the church today and you're saying i hear from god yeah like i hear from jesus i hear from the living god yeah like that that stood out to me as like oh when i got testimony of this church this is the stark difference in what i've heard these people are saying Mm -hmm. i'm talking to god okay each day yeah. And I'm hearing from him okay. each day, and that's challenging the the establishment mm-hmm. of the the Western Church, sure. or just the the one you guys came from. Sure, I'm kind of going all over the place, but that's okay. I, 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 can, I
1: I'm trying to trying to draw in my head some of the things I you're guess saying that, and say, okay, how are we getting from this cloud of ideas to the cloud of ideas that we've already discussed with the image of God? Yes,
0: and I guess I just it just. Seems like we. I'd like to try
1: to connect them if I could.
0: Yeah, I would too. Um, before before we before we end this one, because um, i but I'm just thinking like it. it you. It, it shouldn't be rare that people say, I'm hearing from God. Can I touch and, it? Because I
1: think I see a, some nodes connected between these two. Actually, yeah. Okay. Let, let me tell me if this is more along the lines of what you're thinking. Because we talked about memes and the spreading of ideas. And we talked about how people just unthinkingly recreate cultural ideas. But then yes. you talked about, well, my experience in this place, this milieu, this weird place, was very different because central to how ideas were gained was prophecy or talking to yes. God versus... Ideas being gained through the spreading of sound bites to each other yes. and just rehearsing okay. and inheriting. Okay. That. Yeah. So, so, then a way to tie those together very loosely would be to say, which we haven't touched yet, some aspect of the function of being an imager requires prophecy. Yes. It, a direct interaction. Yes. And I agree with you. If those are the points you're trying to connect, and yes. I can see that, which means the image of God. In order to be functioning correctly, discovered, well understood, requires the experience of prophecy, yes. which is hearing from the one you're made in the image of, regularly, yes, clearly, um, and then uh, living out the judgments of those revelations. Absolutely
0: on a day-to-day basis. Yes, yeah. and and for the saints and mm-hmm. any any churches around. Yeah to be equipped in that when they meet a Christian Mm -hmm. and to stand firm and bold in saying like, I hear from him, I talk to him. If you're saying and using his name, you need to be hearing from him. Yes, yeah. And I think that is a thing, like just even testifying at that wedding I went to and I talked to a guy and I was praying and I was just talking about prophecy and it's like, I'm not attached to this thing as if I'm like, I'm fucking nobody, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I'm nobody, but but he was listening to me. He was like, yeah, yeah, I was a preacher too. And I'm like, great but i am yeah. not trying to like come at you with like how much i know i'm trying to just sure. literally like you you know jesus like you love jesus what, sure. do, what has he been telling you sure. i want to hear i want to hear more from him but it yeah. it i see like in a weird way in that particular uh-huh. stance and in other ways i could probably imagine like testimony i've heard yeah. um from other saints in the church like there's a weird line in the sand that's drawn
1: yeah we we screwed you over you know, because we led you to messiah outside of this church context and then now when you turn to try to <laughs> When you try to articulate, well, hey, brother, you've called the name Yeshua, you call the name Jesus, I call the name Jesus, we're brothers, right? When you try to have conversation with them, you're not familiar with the shibboleths and rules of Christians, which is great. I, that's why I also like that you're an interlocutor in this podcast, because right. you're like, what the hell is this Christianity thing? Yeah, um,
0: shibboleth in short is secret password. That's exactly, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so like... You don't talk about things the way that they're used to talking about them. You're not familiar with why they would talk about things over there. So, for example, at the wedding, you're just trying to use language that you've learned that's normal. For you, prophecy is normal, but you might have been heard through the lens of uh, spiritual badges. You were, listing, you were heard yeah. as listing off spiritual yeah. badges, no. and you got categorized as, okay, so that's, those are your things, let me show you mine. Okay, and yeah. That's not what you were doing. You were trying to find shared language. I think um, the, I want to touch on the image of God broken. Because the image of God isn't yet seen. Here, here's an interesting thing about creation, and this this touches it. This is a meta, this is a metaphysical thing and an a priori thing, but I, I want to make a very simple claim. The Torah does not say creation was done. Boreah it's not done. Creation's not finished. Uh-huh. So at the end of the seven days, creation was not completed in the sense of uh, bo, the, the process of boreah, God creating. boreah, it's not done. Right. It's not done creating. You read the Psalms. He's still creating uh, spirits still creating the land and renewing its space. So there's a process that had an intended telos and it was put on track. That process, that it's not a punctiliar one and done event. It's an ongoing process. That ongoing process was derailed, mm-hmm. perverted. And if you could imagine through like a computer virus, a cyclical loop, a recursive loop was put into place so that it couldn't reach its final telos. Mm-hmm. Okay, What that means is we've not yet seen a human. Because when humans were made, they were made to grow in the image of God as they performed as imagers into an yet yet unseen, uncompleted image of God.
0: If there were an actual real, if there were a firm, this will withstand the test of Time Webster's Dictionary of a Human. That's right. It would be God's Dictionary of...
1: That's right. Which is why I don't really prefer the term the fall. Because the fall means everything was perfect. It was not perfect in any sense of the word—not in the sense of the word shalom, completed, mm. not in the sense of the word uh, without threat mm. or peaceful. The garden, the garden was—you could say—I'm open to people saying the garden was perfect. But even Adam and Chavah, Adam and Eve, were not yet finished. Right. Their job was to take Eden as a prototype and spread it outwards and rule with God. And I will actually prove this if you go to Genesis five. Uh, which is a shift in the narrative, you're gonna find that the title for man is Adam. The end of chapter four leading into five, you're gonna see a name show up. It is uh, Sheth, Seth's son, Enosh. That's another title in Hebrew for the, the, literally the phrase for humanity. So you have one Adam, which is one phrase for humanity, which is good, it's on track. But another phrase, another title for humanity comes after Seth, after basically murder, removes two sons in one day. In this week's Torah reading where the church, for example, the mother, not this week's, maybe it's next, I don't know. All I know is Rivcha, Rebecca is going to say, uh, Yaakov, you've got to get out of here. Jacob, you've got to go because Esau's going to kill you. I'll lose you both in one day. It's an interesting phrase. I'll lose you both in one day. She knows that if he kills Yaakov, Yaakov's lost, he's dead, but he'll have to be driven out, either killed, justice, but driven out. And she'll lose two sons in one day. Where do we have that idea? Chava, Eve loses two sons in one day. She loses uh, Hevel, Abel. And Cain is driven out. And then Shet, God replaces him with that. When he has a child, okay? Genesis 5 says Adam had another son in his own image, in his own likeness, in Adam's image and likeness, and his name was Shet. When Shet has a son, his name is Enosh, Mm -hmm. which is a word in Hebrew for humans. It's a negative word. Here's a famous verse. Uh, It's either Jeremiah 17.9 or Jeremiah 9.17. My brain's mixing up numbers. The heart is deceitful beyond cure. Who can understand it? Said differently. The heart is desperately sick. Another way to translate it. The heart is incurably sick. Who can know it? The word for incurably sick is anosh.
0: Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, so the,
1: the literal functional name of humanity changes after the exile. A better way to describe it than the fall is the infection or the sickness and uh, w- w- this, this, it, 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 what it demonstrates is we didn't get to see what human was intended to be. And so this leaves this leads to the idea that what is Mashiach? What is the idea of why does word become flesh? Why does the the pre- the very Shkina, the the presence of God, the Mimra, the word of God? Why must it occupy the space of Adam? The image of it become a human, take on in every aspect, just like Hebrew said, made in our likeness in all respects. Part of that is to retrack what was derailed, rail The like gospel is a rerailing of humanity. Yeah. Messiah, we. This is why First John will say, we do not yet know what we will be like, but we know that we will be like Him. He is the human. The human. Yeah, the completed human.
0: And a, a way to say our growth in Christ each day is: I'm sick, but I'm getting better.
1: That is one way to describe it. Another way to say it is, uh, no. That's a great question, God. That's such a good question. Uh, another way to say that This is so hard. Ah, this is, <laughs> this is great. This is, you're into a meaty thing. That's so good. The, 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 there are two competing configurations for any one individual. Yeah. We call one. Paul would use a metonymical term, bas, uh, basala or sark's flesh. Uh huh. And then you use the other ruach or, or panuma, spirit. Uh-huh. He does not mean the literal, just the literal parts. Those are spoken of as muriological parts of humans within the, the Torah. They're talking about the functional? He, yeah, within...
0: Uh, not functional. they no function, both...
1: Well, 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 they both fit. It could fit the, those parts could fit into a functional scheme or a material scheme. That's kind of... They transcend that issue. The, the, my, my point, very simply, is... God, this is such a good question. The, the, what is a human... What is a, this is so good. What is an image bearer depends on who the father is. In other words, a material ontology loses sight of this. Material ontology says, well, I can define an individual without reference to their environment or others. Mm -hmm. The Torah would say, identity, the Torah would say, identity in the image of God requires a father facing you for you to have. A image and and this is partly why the phrase for the, 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 the title of father is a synonym for king as so this is where we get kingdom language hasatan usurps kingdom because he usurps fatherhood he fathers Adam humanity Adam and Eve he fathers them he steps in and fathers them and so because you have two competing fathers you end up with any, at any given point two competing identities. Paul would call the identity of the one being fathered by HaSatan in this age, the God of this age, who's in the lower, the lowest heavens, flesh or basar. Okay, he would call um, the the being fathered by Abba, God the Father, El Shaddai, the Father of Yeshua. He'd call that that the, the being fathered by such a one. Ruach, or spirit. Um, and this 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 shows us we're not, we don't, in, in a sense, what I'm saying is this is, and I think you could, say, people could see this over the quantum, I'm, I'm being very, I'm so jarbled right now. All I well,
0: have, I can bring back to like what I, so the, it's, it could be, I'm sick, but I'm getting better. Okay. But more of like, okay I'm, I'm being, sorry no, 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 just yeah. if that helps, if that helps. It so does, well.
1: it does help. It means, no, it, it not that. If I walk in the identity of Hasatan, who is still at work, the sickness is progressing if I walk by the spirit there uh, the sickness is not expressing one the sickness is expressing and worsening mm-hmm. the other the sickness the sickness is not allowed to express
0: yeah and it's being healed
1: yeah being healed would be in this in this scenario being healed, we not isn't applied. I can see maybe why you want to say it. Ephesians four twenty and 21 are a great place to go. And Pauline thought for, how does he describe this? He says, uh, the mind, uh, essentially he describes the old man, the old creation, which is essentially mm-hmm. this one fathered by Hasatan in mm-hmm. this age is constantly being corrupted by deceitful desires. Okay. Whether you're obeying or not that identity, that mode just getting worse. Whereas the new man, the creation is, ever upwards oh, wow. going, they are wow. two competing So you ontologies. have
0: to choose your identity. I mean, it's choosing <laughs> yeah. the identity in order to know which man are you going to be.
1: Bingo, because there's going to come a roll call mm-hmm. and daddy is going to say, all my children come to me. Somebody who only has identity through being having been fathered by Hasatan, there's no call for them. They're not part of the called. See, when we hear the word called, we think of, well, they don't even know how to be called. They've not been named. Or called, named. they haven't been. It's crazy, or we would say they haven't been born again. The yeah. seed hasn't been implanted right. into them. They've not had the name written on their foreheads. They not been right. renamed, reborn. This kind of language. Okay.
0: But then it doesn't leave it only there as like, oh, I've got the name in me, and therefore if I'm called, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't right. want to do the like the once saved, always saved stuff. And this, I mean, this is why it's good to touch, though. Too. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I mean, we're we're about to be at time a little bit. Okay. Um But. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's... I wrote that down as another topic to talk about, too. Like, once saved, always saved yeah. stuff. And I, honestly, it is like... I still have every opportunity yet to not yeah. bear God's image yeah. as, as what a human is yes. actually supposed to be, what ought have been... Yes. Um, yes. Before the derailing. Yes. Um, like, today, even with the Holy Spirit inside of me... Um, Peter says that, though, too. It's like... Uh, it would have been... More, like better if you hadn't like tasted and seen like yeah. it's now the 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 state now is worse yes. than the former yeah um yeah so i mean i don't really know it. i'm just kind of like agreeing with you uh, i think a way to of think that. of the uh,
1: sorry i interrupted no you're fine the, 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 this a way to describe what we're doing a way to describe what we're doing here in part is this is a kind of loose socratic exploratory primer for even beginning to meditate on or think on the image of God. Because you could have a podcast, for example, you could have an episode where we literally only talk about Selim Elohim within Genesis 1. How Mm -hmm. does that phrase, image of God, Selim Elohim, Mm -hmm. how does that phrase function in Genesis 1? We could say, how does the notion of the image of God get changed through the gospel actions of the Messiah? And by proxy, how do we reclaim the image of God through the possession of the Holy Spirit. Right. These are three different topics. For example, right. you could have hundreds. Yeah. So what we've done here is very loosely said, okay, what does it look like for us to hop around the very broad subject landscape of the image of God, Socratically in, in an exploratory way, yeah. you know, we're not committing ourselves to anything right now. And I think that's, that's good. Yeah. For the people, There's for, so
0: much to grab. Yeah. At all times. Yeah. There's so much to grab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was great, man. Yeah. Thank you, bro.
1: Yeah. Bless you, my brother.
0: Bless you, man.